Thank you, Lord. Well, happy Easter, family and church, and happy Resurrection Day. Amen. Just welcome you here. Thank you, Lord. And I want to welcome, for the first time, back to our church, <laughs> this young married couple, John and Mariah. And now I can say it because it's not the ceremony. John and Mariah Sriracha. <laughs> Dawn warned me over and over again, don't slip up, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. It, went through, it was in my mind when I was saying Sarika. I was still thinking it. God's good. And what a, what a wonderful time that we had as a family there. Really was special really was. And I love that we got that big photo at your wedding of the church. Really special. Just wanted to share with you for a little while. We're going to take communion in a, in a little while. And I just want to share with you first, and I'll let you spend time with your family today as well. But I just want to um, preach a very simple message to you. The Bible says in the book of John, chapter 19, verse 28, it says that Jesus knew that his mission was now finished. Jesus is on the cross, and he knew that his mission was finished. And in verse 29, John chapter 19, verse 29 says, It is finished. He said in verse 30, It is finished. Finished. Then he bowed his head and released his spirit. I want you to say that out loud today. That's your word today. It is, it is. Finished. finished. Jesus finished it. Jesus did something that really the Bible says we need the Holy Spirit to understand. You cannot understand what Jesus did. You cannot understand him. You cannot understand the word without the Holy Spirit. You need a revelation from God to, to possibly even understand. And even that, God can only give you so much because we're human to truly understand what happened on that cross. But the amazing thing that happened here is that when Jesus said it is finished, it wasn't just his, his um, suffering and it wasn't just his, his time on the cross. It wasn't, he wasn't saying, okay, now I put X amount of time in and here's my cross is done. When he said it is finished, he was talking into the future not just your future, that you're, his future that you're living in now, but even your future that you haven't even lived yet. It is finished. Jesus took your sin. He took your burdens. He took your weights. He took your past. He took all of it upon himself outside of time. When you come to him and you surrender and you say, Jesus, I need you, whether for the first time or you recommit today. When you do that, what the Lord sees, the Father looks down upon Jesus 2,000 years ago and sees today's guilts and weights on his shoulders then. And how, you know, that, <laughs> try to wrap your mind around that. You're not going to get that. It doesn't make any sense. The Bible says that it's, that the gospel is foolishness, right, to this world, to this mentality, to our minds. It cannot even be comprehended. But if, 
if I can, I'm going to try, <laughs> I'm going to try to get us to see that even the weights that you came in with today, we all carry unnecessary baggage. We all carry unnecessary weights. Even devout believers, believers that have been following the Lord for a long time, you are carrying stuff that you were never meant to carry. You were never meant to be carrying around burdens and weights and doubts and fears. That's not yours to carry. And Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. It says in Matthew chapter 28, come on, say this part out loud. Matthew 28 verse 1 says, early, I want you to say that out loud, early. early. It says early on Sunday morning. Come on, early on Sunday morning. Come on, Jesus finished it. <laughs> Jesus finished it. Jesus finished it and he said, it says that early on Sunday morning as the new day was dawning, a new day, right? The sun was rising. The S-O-N, sun, was rising. Come on. Come on, church. <laughs> Jimmy told me I should have done that during the ceremony. Come on. Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. And it says that suddenly there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone and sat on it. Come on, the stone was rolled aside and his face shone like lightning and his clothing was as white as snow and the guards shook with fear when they saw him and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the woman, don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen. Come on, he is risen. 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 He took your weights. He took your burdens. He took your junk, your stuff with him on the cross and left it. Come on, you have to see. You got to see the weights and the stuff that you're carrying around. You don't need to carry it. You don't need to carry your guilt, your condemnation, your sin, the stuff as we preached on not too long ago in Hebrews, that's slowing your race down. You don't need to carry that. Jesus left it in the grave. When he rose from the dead, when he rose, when he was risen, he didn't rise with your stuff upon his shoulders any longer. Jesus doesn't even carry your stuff now. Isn't that wild? We say, Jesus, help me. In God's view, outside of time, Jesus already helped you. When you are being helped today, present time, Jesus is, is somehow, come on, somehow, I can't even express this. Jesus is already carrying it for you on his walk to the cross. You tell him, take this sin, take my sin, and it gets rewound Jesus just is taking it. He's still, he's walking. He's on his way to the cross to take it. Come on, is this making any sense? And it says, Jesus says to us in John chapter 14, verse 18, he said, I will not abandon you. Come on, he has not abandoned you. Jesus left the earth in the body. 
He left in his body, but he did not leave you. Just left in the body. He took in the body your weights, your sins, your burdens, your past, your fears, your doubts, left it in the grave, rose again with you. Remember, that's what the Bible tells us. We looked at that recently, Colossians 3. Where are you seated right now? In heaven. Your body's sitting in these chairs, but the Bible tells us present day, right now, you are seated, right? Whose body, who's going to take this body with them to heaven? Anybody? We had some unfortunate, we had some funerals this, this winter. But it gave me joy with my grandfather because even though his body was sad to see the body, I knew where he was. It's just the body. And young, <laughs> my young Dave Bennett grandfather was running for joy in heaven because he was already seated with Christ. He was already seated with Christ. The body is just continuing again. It's already done. It's already finished. It's finished. Stop carrying Stop carrying the weights that you weren't meant to carry. Stop carrying the burdens you were not meant to carry. Stop putting your past on yourself. That's the devil. In fact, that's what the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us. He said, he said in Isaiah, come on, the Lord speaks to us in Isaiah. He's prophesying about Jesus. He's prophesying and it says Isaiah 61 verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, prophesying about Jesus. And it says, it was upon him, and the Lord anointed him to bring the good news to the poor. And he has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted. He came to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that the captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. Jesus, this is prophesying about what he would do on the cross. At that very moment, it was already done. It was already finished. We were in a prison. Come on, who remembers being bound in your sin before Jesus? It was a prison. There was a brokenhearted, right? There was uh, uh, an overwhelming pressure upon you at that moment, and then you release it to Christ. But then my message to you today as believers is don't pick it back up again. Don't carry it again. We do it so many times, we want to help Jesus. As I'm looking in the Word, the only burden that we're allowed to carry, the only burden that we're allowed to carry is the kingdom, is knowing that Time is ticking and it's short and I have little time to do what God's called me to do and that there's souls to be saved. I'm scanning the scriptures. I don't see any other burdens that you are allowed to carry. Jesus said, why are you worrying? He said, I take care of the flowers and I take care of the birds. Why wouldn't I take care of you? And yet we do, don't we? We're all like the rest of us. We all carry it. We don't mean to. But I just want to encourage you today to release it. Release it. In a little while when we take communion, I don't want you to leave this place the same. I want you to carry your burdens, carry your weight, carry your past, past those doors. Amen in Jesus' name. The Amplified says here in verse 1, it says that he came to bring liberty to the 
physical, proclaim liberty to the physical and spiritual captives. Came to free your body, and he came to free your spirit from the grip of the enemy. You need to know that there is an enemy. Jesus did a lot on the cross, more than I have in this short amount of time to explain what happened in the cross. Actually, I was playing with Dan. Dan's our Bible man in the church. I call him Dan the Bible man because I can just say the verse and he knows the reference and vice versa. (laughs) I don't know how you can memorize that much. I know the word, but I'm terrible with references. I know your face, but I have to think about your name. And so he just, uh, so I gave him a quiz though. I said, sum up the whole Bible in, in, in one verse. You can't give me three, just give me one. <laughs> he said, I got to think about it. <laughs> I assume so. But he said, I got to think about it. And it's because, it's because the whole thing goes together. The whole book. You really can't. There's so much. They're just so much. There's some verses that sum up ideas of the word, but there's so much in his word. There's so much truth. We will never even understand. You could study, you could scan the scriptures, you can read the Greek and the Hebrew, and you will never understand how much he did for us. That he did for you. Come on, I need to also to get this into our, the believers' minds, that it's past tense. That when he's helping you today, it's already done. Jesus, where is Jesus? Does anybody know? He's seated at the right hand of the Father. He's not walking on the earth. He's in your body through the Holy Spirit. He's seated on the right, at the right hand of the Father, and so are you with Him. And your body is walking on the earth with the Holy Spirit in it. So that's why when we act like the world, we don't mean to be judgmental Christians looking at, you know, saying like, hey, Shouldn't be doing that, but it's like, how is that even possible? The Holy Spirit, Jesus' Spirit, the Holy Spirit is in that body walking around, and you're seated with Christ. That's why he wants to get that out of us, because your time left here on this earth, you are already finished. You've already seated with Christ. So what is that time here on earth? Not meant to be carrying the world's burdens and weights. But to be the light, continue on. Jesus said, I'm the light, and now you are the light. So the purpose was by accepting his blood and his price for in my place and in your place, that immediately your spirit sat down with Christ, and your body continues to live the same way Jesus did with his spirit in that body, shining the light of God. And the devil wants to put, he just tries to lay, he just tries to get that body of yours that you're, that you're is sitting in these seats, tries to get it burdened back down with the old ways, your old sins, your old past, and it's not God. God convicts, the devil condemns. They're very, very similar. Very, very similar. I, actually, you know everything in God and everything in his word is really fine lines. Because the devil, he's the, he's the deceiver. He's not going to deceive a believer with blatant sin. If you're in blatant sin, it's time to get back to the cross. But he's a deceiver. He comes, it's fine lines. And I've said this since I was a young Christian, that if you're looking for the line, you've already crossed it. <laughs> 
But that's what he does. He comes to condemn you, comes to weigh it on you. So the Holy Spirit, it's, it looks similar because he shines his light on that same exact sin that the devil's weighing on you, but the Holy Spirit says, now give it to me. And when we don't, we are willingly, when we don't give to God our past, our fears, our burdens, our weights, our sin, it's not God. It's you willingly saying, I'm accepting condemnation instead of conviction. Holy Spirit starts with conviction, but if you don't give it to him, it turns into condemnation. Here, isn't that, you know, I, we hate him and I can't wait for the end when I watch him from heaven being thrown into the lake of fire. But what a jerk that he gets you to sin and then condemns you for doing what he got you to do. Come on. <laughs> Jesus is good, isn't he? He loves you so much. He loves you so much. He paid a tremendous price for us. He's so good. Man, he's so good. I love him so much. Just want to read just a chunk of Psalm 61, and then I just want to preach out of it for a few more minutes. It says that in verse 2, talking of what Jesus would do. And this is just one little glimpse. This is one little chunk of scripture, just a glimpse. It says that, it says in, uh, back in the NLT, Psalm 61, verse two, he sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. We're having, here we go. I'll just read it. It says, to all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. They will rebuild the ancient ruins, repairing cities destroyed long ago. They will revive them with joy in the Lord my God, for he has dressed me with the clothing of salvation and draped me in a robe of righteousness. I am like a bridegroom dressed for his wedding or a bride with her jewels. The sovereign Lord will show his justice to the nations of the Lord and everyone will praise him. His righteousness will be like a garden in early spring with plants springing up everywhere. It says in the New King James that it's like when the earth brings forth its bud that God has done so much for you. He's taken the weights, taken the burdens, taken the mourning, and out of it, actually, it says that righteousness and light, it starts to spring forth from you. The devil is just trying to suppress you because if he can keep you, then he kept one. And that's okay. He'd be okay with that. But if he can keep you, come on, nothing in the kingdom is one. There's no such thing as one in the kingdom except one with God. One body. One body of millions upon millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of believers. That's the one. You want to be one, that's your one. But if he can get you, he is stopped. He is, you've got, I mean, I just, I can't even fathom. We're just messing with this ancestry.com thing, looking at our DNA and I can't imagine looking in a thousand years, it's fun to find out where you came from. 
But imagine looking at God showing you now in a thousand years, you're gone in his time, and he just shows you this lineage that just goes on and on and on and on and on. You, if he gets you, he got you, but he also got your children and your grandchildren and, their, and your great-grandchildren, and, and hopefully there's somebody that comes along and grabs him, but your friends and your family and your coworkers and your neighbors and et cetera. How many people can one life touch? Jesus was one man. And you go, oh, he was Jesus. But Jesus said, you'll do greater works than I did. So don't give me that, oh, well, he was Jesus stuff. Because Jesus said, I'll come in you and do what I did on the earth in my body through your body. This all right? We okay today on Happy Easter? <laughs> God's good. And his love is so great for us. I'm going to keep saying it. It says in Colossians 2, hopefully we get back on track. That was my fault, Mariah. I don't know where I was, but it did say it. It was the word. <laughs> it says Colossians 2, verse 13. It says, you were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God, come on, everybody say, then God. Then God, come on, he did something. He did something for you. Then God made you alive. So you were dead, living in sin. Then you were alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. And verse 15, we need to see this. You have an enemy that's trying to suppress you and burden you and put your past and you, put your weights on you and just put the world around you. But the Bible says that Jesus did a lot more than just forgiving your sins at the cross. He also, come on, I'm only going to touch just a few points, all we have time for, but he also disarmed. Say that out loud. He disarmed. He disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. And he shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Don't willingly give your power back for what Jesus did. The sinless, spotless lamb, the son of God, took your place. And now the devil's trying to get you to go back and live like the old you. What a waste of the cross that we are doing what a waste of his cross then. We can't. I'm not going to let it go to waste. No way. It was for a purpose. He did it for me. And technically, he did it freely. I don't owe him anything for what he did, but I'm going to show him my love for him, show him my respect and honor for what he did by living for him. A lot of amens for that one. He goes on, he says, there's some mirror verses here. In Hebrews 2, he talks about it too. In Hebrews 2, verse 14, he says, he broke the power of the devil who had the power of death. So you don't even realize, but you were dead without Christ and you came to life with him. You didn't just inherit eternal life. Eternal life began the moment you said yes to Jesus. The moment you surrendered, you don't, one day have eternal life. You have eternal life. If Jesus is your savior and if you are walking with him today, then eternal life is in you today. 
He broke the power of the devil. John 12, he says, the time of judging this world has come. And he said, Satan, the ruler of this world, was cast out. And I'm lifted up from the earth. I will draw everyone to myself. And in Revelation 1, verse 18, he said, I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and the grave. Jesus loves you so much and paid a tremendous price for you. Isaiah 61, he, ta- he came to comfort us. He came to release us from the prison. And it says in Isaiah 53 that he was despised. Verse 3, Isaiah 53, verse 3, he was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. Is that his sorrow? Was it his sorrow? Was it his grief? Or was it ours? What did he have to be sorrowful, sorrowful for? He took the, the despised. He could have, come on, the world tried to tempt him, even on the cross, as Annie said. Even the criminal said, if you're God, show yourself. He chose to be despised. He chose to carry your sorrow. He chose to carry your rejection. Come on, a lot of people have, have carried rejection your whole life. Jesus had no reason to be rejected. He said, if I want to, I can have thousands upon thousands of angels come down right now. That's not God's plan. Because then all of you and all of the thousands and millions of people that haven't even lived yet will not have eternal life. When we read these words, he took these things upon him willingly and they were your rejection, your sorrow, your grief. It says we turned our backs on him and looked the other way and he was despised and we did not care. Yet, it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. Jesus paved the way through indescribable opposition. He just kept moving and kept going. In fact, even Jesus, the Son of God, I love these verses because it also shows the humanity in him. He goes to his father and he says, is there another way? And he prays three times. It was such a weight upon him that his body, and now science has proven it, right? Science has proven this in actual condition. He was so stressed He was carrying our weights, the grief and the rejection and and the stuff that you have to think of it this way. The stuff that's been weighing you down this week. The stuff that you were weighed down in today coming in here was on him in that garden. He could feel your pain. It was so overwhelming that his body began to sweat blood. It says that the world, we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But verse five says, he was pierced for our rebellion. You know we're rebellious, right? Anybody need to be told that? We are rebellious. We are stubborn. And he did it anyway. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. 
He was whipped so we could be healed. It says in the Amplified, it says that, verse 5, it says, the chastisement needful to obtain peace. The chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. I love doing word studies, and I love finding out. I'm reading it in English, but I want to know what the word was they used here, and this word was shalom. The word shalom is a Hebrew word for peace, but it's so much more than that. It's so much more. I mean, you could spend weeks on just that. But just a very quick definition, it means completeness, soundness, safety, He's looking out for your welfare, your health, your prosperity, your peace, your quiet, your tranquility, your contentment, friendship, with especially in a covenant relationship, and peace from war. And you could go on and on. There's more. That's shalom. And it said that God, it was needful. There was, he was trying to get that to you. Why are we as believers not living in peace? so many times. Why do we then put it all back on our shoulders and carry it again? When Jesus took it upon himself, he did not take his own burdens. He did not take his own weights. He did not take it upon himself for himself. But the sin and the, the guilt and the chastisement was ours. The devil's going to try to get you to live in guilt today. He's going to try to get you to live in your sin today. And he's going to try to get you to be chastised today. But it was finished. It was finished. It was finished. Just surrender. Stop carrying it and just surrender. I'm a firm believer that when Jesus, I, I love altar calls because it's a spark but I think the more accurate altar call is every single Sunday, every single morning, every single moment, every single second. I need you, Jesus. I didn't just punch a ticket. Here's my train ticket. I'll see you in Florida, in paradise, or wherever your paradise is. It's every single day. I'm walking with you. And the Holy Spirit, remember we were preaching on Holy Spirit He's coming and he's looking for those things in us. Not because, not just because God says that's it, it has to be that way. I mean, he could. He could say because I'm God and that's it. But he's so good to us. He loves us so much. It's because that stuff is actually hurting you. So Jesus said, I'll take the weight. I'll take the hurts. I'll take your guilt. I'll take your sin. And I will give you wholeness. I'll give you wholeness. Who wants to be whole? Does anybody in here want to be whole? We can be whole in Christ. We can be whole right now. Again, there's so much more. I could go on forever. You know me. That's, that was very kind of you to not laugh there. You all internally said, yeah, we know you. 
And 1 Peter, just a few verses, says, give all your worries, verse 7, give all your worries and cares to God. Give it to God, for He cares about you. And actually, the Amplified, 1 Peter 5, 7 says in the Amplified, casting the hall of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns. And I love how it says this here, because that's the truth. Once and for all. Once and for all. Once and for all. Don't live in sin anymore. Oh boy, he said a swear word. He said the S word. <laughs> Don't live in it anymore. It's weighing you down. It's taking you down. It's not hurting God because God already paid it. I mean, it is hurting him because he loves you. But I mean, the pain of it was already, he already took it. He already paid the price for that. It's hurting us. Don't live your life for you. Live it for him. The only thing that we, come on, we know the term. It's a wor <laughs> the world uses this term. You can't take it with you. And yet Christians, like we come in here, we should know more than anyone. We're still trying to build our little kingdoms like castles in the sand. We don't realize that the tide's coming. Come on, who's tide? Who's, who's sensing your tide is approaching? You get, start getting older and that tide's coming. It's just going to wash it all away. But he said, if you build with gold and silver and precious stones and things made in the pressure, things made in the fire, things made through the, just to keep going and just keep trusting them. And there's something that you can actually take with you. It's not actually accurate that you can't take it with you. There are a lot that you can take with you to heaven. It's just not stuff. It's just not the world. It's Jesus stuff. Whatever you did in him for him, without motives, come on, <laughs> without motives, your motives, that kingdom that is being built, it's present, another thing for our mind, of, you can't even wrap your head around it. When I love someone and, and show Christ to them, a brick of gold is being formed in the kingdom of God that I actually, that I don't even have to take because right now, instantly, ahead of time, it's already there. Just wild stuff. God's good, isn't he? I just want to, we're going to have communion. TJ's going to come play a song. If you're carrying a weight or a burden, release it. Give it to God today. Stop carrying your worries. Stop carrying your junk. Come on, it's just junk. Can I say it that way? It's just stuff. Because it says in Romans 5, verse 1, we've been made right in God's sight by faith and we have peace with God. That's the whole purpose, was to get you to a place of peace again. Devil's gonna try to get you in turmoil. He doesn't care what it is. You say, I don't have any sin. To get you just worried about everyday life. To anything to steal that peace that Jesus paid a price, that wholeness that he paid a price for. And it says, what, because of what Jesus has done for us, and it says, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into a place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently, come on, it's undeserved, 
but it says to stand confidently and joyfully looking forward to sharing in God's glory. What an amazing gift. And again, this is just a short sermon. I can't even express it. I can feel it in my spirit. Who can feel it in your spirit? Not the words I'm even saying. You know it in your spirit, what God has done, but you can't even, how can you even put it into words? It says in verse 11, we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God. That's the key. Relationship is key. We say that, we throw it around. We go, oh, I don't have religion, I got relationship. We just throw it around like Christian lingo. But it, sh- it should be, we should bring that back, make it real. It's our relationship with him. In fact, in fact, it says in Colossians 1, it says, it says in verse 23, it says, you must continue to believe this truth. Wow. Bible's clear. He goes on in Colossians 1, just like Romans, and just says what Jesus did for us. And we were enemies, and now we're on the right side. And he reconciled you to himself, and he brought you into his presence, and he made you holy, and he made you blameless. It says, but you must continue, verse 23, to believe this truth. You must continue to believe this truth. It says, don't drift away from the assurance you received. Come on, you may have drifted from that. You may have gone back into worldly things. May not be blatant sin. You may have just gotten on, you're just start, you got back into worries and fears and doubts and this, and you've been carrying it, trying to build your kingdom. Just give it to God. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Just let him work on you. You know, God is, he's so jealous for you. He's so jealous for you. He loves you so much. He sees you where you're at. He sees where you've been, and he sees where you will be. He knows. He knows the pains. He knows why you're here today. He knows what it took to get you here, whether that's good or bad. He knows. He has seen it all. He has not turned a blind eye. He knows. He has a plan, and he has a purpose for you. He will deal with every enemy, every wrong word, every curse that puts you in the place where you were. He'll deal with it. Just come and lay it all at his feet today. Come and surrender today. Come and give it to him again. It's not yours to carry. You're not supposed to carry it. Just let it all go today. 